stay informed on the breaking news and information happening right now. It's as easy as sending a text message. Text RSB to 22828. Tired of reading last week's recycled news stories? Get informed about what's happening now. Just text RSB to 22828 to subscribe to the Robert Scott Bell Show newsletter and find out what you need to know today. Text RSB to 22828. That's RSB to 22828 now. Just in case you don't know, the Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show is about to commence. And we got a, a, a barnstorming hour of discussion on a lot of uh, lot of issues. Uh, first, we're going to transition into it with predictions made about the Biden administration by guess who? <laughs> Wait till you watch that video. Uh, Pfizer has approved uh, what? Or FDA has approved uh, an emergency use authorization for another jab mRNA injection to children, what, six months to five years of age? On what basis? Is there fraud in the clinical trials? We'll talk about that as well. The Fed rate rate hike of uh, three quarters of a point, what will that lead to? Gosh, we got a lot to discuss. What about the uh, the pro-abortion terrorists? They won't call them that, but what are they, what are they saying? If somebody that was anti-abortion said it, you know that it'd be a domestic terrorist incident. And uh, thankful Thursday, maybe we can get to it. And Dashiell is going to join us again from Age of Autism. We'll be updating you on uh, the higher rates of autism that are happening around the world. Uh, You know, I know all the news is about COVID and everything else, but there's still a lot of trouble with these uh, previous type vaccines and their relationship to that. So tell your friends, gather around your, I don't know if it's a radio, a computer or a phone, but we're here for you. The Sacred Fire of Liberty with Jonathan E. Mord commences here on the Robert Scott Bell Show after this. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Before I took office, there was a lot of folks out there. A lot of folks out there making some pretty bold predictions about how things would turn out. You might remember some of the predictions. They're coming for your guns. They're coming for your jobs, and they're coming for your freedom. They hate American energy, and Joe Biden will shut it all down. He's going to. Uh, that if, if I became president, Biden's elected, he will wipe out your energy industry. Another prediction that is my favorite one, I must add, is that if I got elected, gas prices going five, six, seven dollars for a gallon. <laughs> flood your communities with criminal aliens, drugs and crime while they live behind beautiful gated compounds. They try to take away your gun, Second Amendment, they want to take it away, while they enjoy private security that's fully armed. I never understood that one. You spent trillions of dollars rebuilding foreign nations, fighting foreign wars, and defending foreign borders. So for all those predictions of doom and gloom six months in, here's where we stand. Do you want to use the word recession or depression? Think of the single mom struggling to put food on the table each month. You know, it's uh, it's sad. So if your primary concern right now is inflation. We could stop it in 30 minutes. When I took office. He finally went outside. He went to get an ice cream. Look, the bottom line is this. I say you're not doing a very good job. Because he can't take any questions now from the press. Well, credit to uh, Mays on Twitter for that amazing mashup between uh, Biden and the predictions that Trump made. And... uh, as accurate as anybody, 
uh, we are witnessing exactly the disaster that is the Biden administration or regime, however you want to uh, refer to it. And uh, it, things are, are going to get worse before they get better, not because I want them to be, but because we're, how, do you, uh, how do you undo this? Joining me now to help us undo it, unwind it, et cetera, and set a better course for America, my good friend, FDA Dragon Slayer, Jonathan E. Moore. Welcome back, Jonathan. Good to be with you, Robert. That is very, very telling uh, to juxtapose the two and to see really um, just how prophetic Donald Trump was. People ought to be reflecting now, those who voted for Joe Biden ought to be thinking, whatever superficial basis they had for disliking Donald Trump, compare that with the substantive reality that Joe Biden has wrought on America. It's a stark, cruel, brutal reality that is going to get worse. And I think everyone who voted for Biden should have buyer's remorse right now. And uh, we are a gracious country. We have an opportunity to correct the error. It'll be after tremendous suffering, but the midterms are coming up in 2022 and the presidential election is 2024. And I hope the people will stand up for liberty and for uh, free enterprise in the in light of what socialism has brought us. So we'll see, Robert. Yeah. Well, the economy is everything, even uh, when it comes to uh, political divides about certain other issues. When it historically came down to that question, are you better off now than you were four years ago and things like that, that always ends up hitting people where they are, their ability to. To, to, to take a trip now is severely curtailed with the, the price of uh, airfares, the price of gas alone. You were you and I were talking before we went to air and said there's a bit of a buffer because of the covid uh, ness of the last two and a half years or so has transitioned a lot of the way people work by working from home telecommuting. And that's buffered a little bit of the uh, uh, the economic damage of five dollar a gallon gas, which is going higher in many places because of uh, Biden's. Uh, idea of stopping domestic production of oil, for instance, or severely curtailing it. Uh, so when we talk about the disaster that is this economy, the recovery, if I were to argue, would only happen in freedom because the Federal Reserve, even if they didn't raise interest rates, it's still it's st we're still in trouble in freedom and innovation, removing the uh, governmental obstacle to economic uh, what we say innovation. The only way out of this is through freedom, and I don't think enough people are talking about that. Well, the solution is a supply-side revolution where every restriction on production and mass manufacturing uh, domestically is removed, and a emphasis is placed on dramatic reduction in taxation, both individual and corporate, to allow for a supply-side explosion to permit products to be made in America and to become uh, prolific. Because if we don't do that, the supply restrictions that are in place are gonna kill us. We're gonna, this country cannot survive these heavy regulatory, heavy tax and heavy spending policies of Joe Biden. If we don't put the brakes on it, we won't get relief. If we don't reverse it, we won't prosper. I would rather have freedom and progress than slavery and peonage. That is mm -hmm. poverty. 
Well, and I, we, you mentioned slavery and peonage, just the uh, the forceful use without exception or exemption of Federal Reserve notes right now is disastrous simply because the purchasing power of every dollar people are working for is diminished every time they increase the supply of money, even though it was uh, delayed in terms of our ability to export inflation as the world's reserve currency and petrodollar issues. The, the Biden administration's policies are accelerating the demise of that system. So inevitably, it will reduce the standard of living in America to levels that we didn't know for 100 plus years. Yeah, the Biden administration's policies, actually the Democrat Party's policies today, are nihilistic. They're destructive to the nation. And so they don't offer a bright future. They don't even talk about it. You don't have any, you know, what's so unusual about a Biden presidency, atypical for America, is that he does not talk about how in X number of years with this new program, we are going to have a hugely prosperous nation. There, We will be better off now than we were four years ago. I mean, there's no discussion of any kind like that because they know they are destroying America. That's intentional. You know, this border situation is not only a ticking time bomb when it comes to the terrorists getting through, but it is also a bomb going off in every city of this country and all over the place. We've got people's property being destroyed. We've got uh, murders. We have fentanyl becoming the leading cause of death for everyone from 18 to 45. We have sex trafficking, we have arms trafficking, we have drug trafficking. All of this is destroying the United States. And they sit by and let it happen. Now look, Biden is responsible for this. In other words, he has taken in the face of someone who has a gun pointed at your head, when you are on the other side of the room, he has escorted that person into the room and showed them where your head is located. Now, when the bullets, when the trigger is pulled and you are killed, whose fault is that? It's Joe Biden's. All of these deaths that are associated with fentanyl overdose, Biden bears responsibility for that. All these people who are having their property destroyed Biden's responsible for it. All the people dying in the inner cities as a result of MS-13, Biden is responsible for that. And does he show any remorse? Does he show any sympathy for these people who have suffered this way? No, not at all. So he deserves an enormous drubbing in 2024. Well, he, understatement. He's out of office, I think. When, when people see him go, they will be saying, good riddance, mm -hmm. and they will have many, many reasons for that. But let's yeah. hope that they remember that the problem arose because America shifted to socialism. That's why we're in this mess. This is what socialism is like. Yeah, and I wish the Republicans would speak out more forcefully on it instead of adopting or, or tiptoeing around that issue. Uh, collectivism and socialism are evil because they deny the individual uh, the rights that uh, are bo you're born with, that you, you, you know, are a cre creation of God, not government. And that collectivism, it diminishes our ability to innovate because we are basically uh, chattel, if you will, or, or uh, uh, property of government. Case in point, 
the uh, abuse of children that we see that's institutionalized via the vaccine program, even before COVID, but now with the mRNA injections, the FDA panel, which is a rubber stamp panel, didn't listen or view any of the science or controversies about the mRNA jab, didn't acknowledge that there was no emergency for children at all, not at all, and yet went ahead and forward and said, yep, let's go ahead and get this EUA authorized for six months to five years of age. And this to me is a criminal medical abuse of children as, as direct and overt as anything I've ever witnessed in my years uh, covering these stories. I agree a hundred percent with you, Robert. This is child abuse. This is official child abuse. It shouldn't surprise us because they've endorsed abuse of children across the, the spectrum. CRT, uh, sexualizing kids at a very young age, introducing them to this concept of gender orientation, whereby they can choose their gender, the idea of fluidity of gender, all these things that are destructive of the individual, destructive of the family, destructive of the nation, destructive of individuals' religions, and now destructive of the people themselves, of the children, innocent of, of all children. You know, six months to five years, the most innocent people on the planet, they are going to uh, uh, insist now because they know what they're doing. When they approve this, that means California automatically makes it mandatory. That means that generations of kids are going to have their freedom taken away, forced into this situation. And what is going to happen to them? We're already seeing the bitter harvest. We're seeing the clotting. We're seeing the, the endocarditis, the myocarditis. And as you point out, Robert, there is no scientific foundation that children need the vaccine. They do very, very well when they get the doggone virus and they get natural immunity to boot. So why are we using this? And if you needed any further proof of the ineffectiveness of the vaccine in dealing with this, just, uh, you know, call, don't visit Anthony Fauci, who now has COVID after <laughs> being jabbed four times. No one deserves it more than Anthony, but you know, that's proof of the pudding, isn't it? It's proof that this stuff is far from the answer, but in addition, given all the adverse events, you're going to give it to infants. It's, it's, it's nothing less than a criminal assault and, and with a deadly weapon because people have died children have died we've seen the numbers the controversies are there for all to see and yet they consider none of it in fact there were presentations that brought these things up to the approving committee if you will uh, of fda and yet rubber stamped it because this is a charade it's not even a pretense of analysis of scientific controversy of any kind regarding this this was a done deal now the question is will they ever pay for their crimes and and my concern of course are for the parents that still trust and believe in the system that has become so corrupt that I don't know that it can be reconciled. The oligarchy is so corrupted and so captured that to go into it, you, you would risk life, limb, and, 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 and everything just to try and change it, much less seeing if you would have any element of success in doing so. It is so focused on jabbing everything that lives, breathes, eats, sleeps, and has an emotion rather than acknowledging as you, you know what I know, what my audience, our audience knows, there is no threat to children. It doesn't exist from this. We know that. So how is it that they're getting away with it? Jonathan, I have to say that the delegitimization 
of these federal agencies, much less the government and those in government that support it, it becomes more obvious by the day. I hope so, Robert, because they certainly deserve to be eliminated. I mean, as I mentioned, you know, in the in the authoritarians, I explain the history of the administrative state. When you realize where the administrative state came from and how it is fundamentally an unconstitutional operation, mm-hmm. because all of these powers they're wielding were meant by the founding fathers to be vested in Congress and the in the executive branch and in the judiciary, mm-hmm. the federal judiciary. And there is this non-delegation doctrine that is arises out of Lockean principles the founders believed in fundamentally. Because the Article 5 Amendment process is based on the consent of the governed being the foundation for legitimate power in government. There was never any amendment to create the administrative state. And yet they took that. That was a power grab. Mm -hmm. They created the administrative state. And it shouldn't surprise us at all. I mean, James Madison said that the combination of legislative, executive, and judicial powers, or any two of those three, in single hands, was the very definition of tyranny. And indeed it is. So with the FDA, I mean, does, is anybody surprised that the FDA, which has this enormous power and virtually no check on their power and operates largely without any public notice mm-hmm. uh, and no scrutiny by Congress or the courts, is engaged in this uh, uh, su- supply to the drug industry of total control? I mean, they've given... They, they, they pick winners and losers. They sent, they help censor information. They prevent it from reaching the marketplace. And big tech is complicit in this as well. So that you have no criticisms of the vaccine getting out broadly. You have no balanced debate. You have one side in favor of vaccination, lying to the public that it's perfectly safe when the evidence is to the contrary. And even, even Pfizer has to admit now that their information is being uh, released by the FDA under pressure. Uh, they they have to admit there were these adverse events and that there are adverse events. I mean, does anyone deny that? We no. have no study. We have no uh, study to, uh, of the extent of adverse events in the population. Mm-hmm. We have no study. We have no proof of the full extent of it. But we know from our own uh, relationships with people how many people you know who've had adverse reactions to the to the jab. Yeah. I mean, everybody I know has has said that. They know people who've had adverse events or mm-hmm. ha- they've suffered them themselves. Yes. So- each, each week, Jonathan, you know, we've been meeting with the medical community locally and we call this our medical freedom group because these are the doctors as well from the allopathic side, as well as the naturopaths, the herbalists, the homeopaths, the chiropractors, the nurses all coming together because we recognize no matter what field we ended up in, that our desire to help and heal people is genuine. Yet the doctors now of the allopathic variety, Jonathan, are waking up to the nightmare that you and I have acknowledged in their own profession, the limiting factors, not about intelligence, but about the corruption of their system being a monopoly, allowing or mandating, if you will, participation in things that result in, in well, as being considered the third leading cause of death through peer-reviewed medical literature as well for many years. But now with COVID and the COVID jabs, the doctors are finally seeing what those of us outside of the industry weren't uh, concerned because they weren't our paymasters. So we could see and criticize. They were afraid to, in fact, they've seen and witnessed many of their own or themselves be criticized or threatened with loss of licensure simply for speaking out on a, a sound, logical and scientific basis that there's a problem here. And so now as we come together and see this, they look back at the entirety, even of the vaccine program before the MRNA shots. And they say, 
really there wasn't there aren't any safety studies there aren't any double blind peer reviewed published trials to establish safety and efficacy of any of the vaccines and that's a shocking revelation for them because oftentimes if we pointed out the, the let any lack of scientific rigor or basis for broad statements of claims that they would dismiss us because we weren't one of them but it was almost like programmed into them or it was programmed into their brain now they've been shocked many of them out of it and they're saying even Peter McCullough, who I, I was with again this past weekend at another event, a nurse freedom rally, who said, now, I'm not going to vaccinate my children ever again. I'm never going to do a vaccine again. This is a shocking thing for a physician to say that, even though I would say, yeah, based on the lack of sound science about any of them, you at least question it. But now they're finally reaching that point as well. Unfortunately, it's taken a lot of injury and death to get here, and we still got a ways to go. Well, I mean, we're going to watch the rise of all manner of disease and the causality of it will be subject to debate, but many will, will reasonably argue that because of the destructive effects of spike proteins when they ravage through your body, that the, the alteration of DNA to create spike proteins and sometimes causing an uncontrollable reaction such as clotting mm -hmm. is merely indicative of the kind of destructiveness that can be wrought by the vaccine and that the ultimate test is going to be when 15, 20 years from now, how many survive? How many people are going to have suffered adverse events that are very significant along the way mm -hmm. and to what extent will science finally admit that the vaccine is a culpable factor in causing some significant uh, uh, adverse events i mean look we already know that death people have died from being vaccinated right after they've been vaccinated some people die we know that people have had clot these uncontrollable clotting issues we know that people have had uh, uh, neurological disorders of various kinds we know that people have had kidney failure, liver failure, other complications, a whole host of them. And while, you know, it has the most number of adverse events ever reported associated with a single vaccine, there has not been a commensurate response by individuals who, who should be acting responsibly, looking into it, at right. least to find out who ought not be taking it, Mm -hmm. who's at a higher risk of these things. I mean, you ought to be at least doing that, but they won't allow even the discussion of that. They won't even allow people to make a reasonable inquiry. They won't allow scientists to question it. They won't allow doctors to use their best judgment in an individual patient case if that judgment is going to be, oh, you, you, ought, to, mm -hmm. you ought to take ivermectin, you ought to take uh, hydroxychloroquine, you ought to uh, take... Uh, uh, monoclonal antibodies, unless they are advocates of vaccination. You know, if you're Jonathan, have you heard they're trying to normalize something called um, sudden adult death syndrome? Sudden, right. Is anybody taking this seriously? That this has happened throughout our lifetime, Jonathan, where adults just suddenly die mysteriously and they don't define what caused it, so we call it right. SADS. Right. We have never had that before. This is a new thing. And, uh, you know, look, we're going to see a lot of peculiar things that arise because of this. I mean, we had we did not do our homework in advance 
We did not allow the American public to debate this, American medical community to debate this, American scientists to debate it, worldwide scientists. We did not allow that to happen. And when you shut down speech and you censor information and you dogmatically push a public health agenda that requires everyone to have one size fits all treatment approach with a mm -hmm. vaccine, when you do that, you are bound to have serious problems, particularly when you do it on a, in a rush. And they did; they weren't honest. They they look they lied to the American people. They lied to people telling them this is completely safe. They lied to people telling people this is completely safe for your kids. They have not been truthful at all, and they haven't allowed debate or any criticism. I would never trust someone like that. Do you trust Anthony Fauci? How many people in your audience trust Anthony Fauci? Mm -hmm. Raise your hands. I mean, no one trusts Anthony Fauci with good reason mm -hmm. because his track record has been abysmal. The only people who fear scientific debate are people who are lying to you. If you're if I'm telling you a scientific lie, I fear debate. Mm -hmm. If I am confident in my position, I will debate all day long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jonathan, if any physicians are out there that are willing to do because of the EUA for children six months to five years, if you're willing to inject children with this experimental injection, uh, shame on you first. Second, you should be barred from seeing children because you are a you, you, abuser is an understatement because of what can happen to these children. We've already seen it with young, young kids, not this young uh, and teenagers. Uh, with the, the inflama inflammatory responses, the pericarditis, myocarditis, it's a sudden dropping dead, even of young, healthy athletes, children. These are the stories that are, we're sharing each week as well. Tragedies that are happening on every level, local and around the world uh, that cannot be hidden yet. Our media, which is also captured by the same industry or industries as our oligarchy and government are banning any discussion of these things, deplatforming, etc. We have just been uh, banned for 24 hours on Facebook, apparently, Super Don says. When we went to air, we're trying to figure out what it was in the show title or maybe it was the commercial we played with men wearing dresses and making fun of that because now they call it hate speech. So listen to today's description of the show that, that got us banned on Facebook, perhaps. Emord's Sacred Fire of Liberty. Doesn't sound too offensive to me. <laughs> Terrorists nabbed on the border. Okay. That's not hate speech, is it? Pfizer fraud, interest rate hike, Roe versus Wade reactions, pro-choice violence. That's interesting. We'll get to that because maybe they think that's hate speech, that anybody who's pro-choice can't engage in violence, just those of us who believe in life. Biden versus oil refiners, climate agenda censorship. Ooh, they might not like that. And Dashiell, our friend, the big autism cover-up. You mentioned autism. Is that hate speech? And finally, thankful Thursday. And that's it. Now, super. Oh, this is the this is what it was posted. You can't post or comment for 24 hours because you previously posted something that didn't follow our community standards. This post goes against our standards on hate speech. So only people who manage the Robert Scott Bell show can see it. What hate speech did we post? <clears throat> super Don, do you I think, think it's the commercial? But check this out. I disagreed uh, with the okay. thing and they they're still doing this here. Yeah. Where they say basically, oh, you know, uh, you've disagreed with this decision, but there's really not much we can do about that because we're super busy and we probably can't get back to you <laughs> on it. But thank you for disagreeing because it it helps us with your feedback. Uh, you know. Wow. Yeah. Dude, and so what was it in that commercial for Listen, the Listen, I've racked my brain going over this. There's literally nothing in the description that could be considered hate speech. It has to be that commercial. 
because you know it's like stop wearing the dress you know and had a picture of uh what's man up you can't say man up that's hate yeah no 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 so that'd be considered hate speech towards trans people wow that's got to be what it is that's got there you go censorship run amok what are they afraid of what are they afraid of pretty amazing so uh jonathan as i said uh i'm I'm so disappointed uh, with the doctors that have yet to speak out Uh, i don't i don't encourage cowardice I now have to speak out against cowardice. And now there are a number of physicians that have joined us over the course of the last even weeks and months that are also speaking out to their fellow physicians that this is not a time to be silent about what's going on or it will be the demise of their profession. They will not recover from this when people wake up to see the viciousness with which they went after young people, children. It's one thing, it's bad enough to go after adults, but to go after kids this way, the physicians out there, if you are part of this, if you're silent on this, it's not going to be good for you moving forward. I can promise that. Yeah, I quite agree, Robert. Yeah. There's a time when you must stand up and this is it. If you're a physician, particularly a pediatrician, you've got to take a stand. I'm afraid many are going to just fall in line and you'll see this being recommended to kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they'll they'll be pushing it. You know you know how strongly they, they twist the arms of parents to make sure they get the kids vaccinated with the regular yeah. vaccine schedule this is going to be a part of that and when they do that it's going to be a real disaster and they're the, responsible for it and there will be li- li- there will be litigation there Those will be a lot it won't be enough yeah. but jonathan also i got to call out the parents i know in this audience uh you're aware and you're not going to subject your children to this but the great disappointment i have of my fellow americans particularly is that we have fallen prey to authoritarianism we have we have looked at these people as if they know something that only God knows. And they and they've been been treated as if we need to worship them. Doctors who are in it for the right reasons don't want to be worshipped. They don't even mind being challenged because the doctors that are friends of mine over the years really learned a lot by parents that said, Hey, I got a question about this doc. And the and the doc took it seriously and investigated and said, Oh, there's actually a point there I'd never considered, as opposed to those that from an authoritarian vantage point go, I'm the doctor, you're the patient, shut up and do what I say. And, and, and this is where the parents need to step up in defense of their children against a false authority. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And that is something that every parent has to do. And I, I, I just hope that common sense ends up uh, coming out of this somehow. And we realize that our rights are too precious to allow these people to censor information and to keep us out of the debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, majority of Americans, I think, Robert, feel the way we do. I'm I'm not convinced that we are in a minority on this question. I think a lot of people feel as though they've been ripped off by the whole vaccine push mm-hmm. and that they've been abused and they've had it. And I think you're going to see compliance with their push for uh, booster shots go way, way, way down. I mm-hmm. think you're going to see, and I, they won't even present the stats on that probably, but I, yeah. I suspect that right now, a lot of people are turning away from going in and getting boosted because they realize that, gee, uh, even by their own standards, a couple of months protection is not worth the risks associated mm-hmm. with this vaccine. And people are starting to lose uh, interest in doing this because they realize they've been hoodwinked. Yeah. You remember that offensive statement, you can't fix stupid. The people that say, oh, I'm so glad I got my third, fourth or fifth booster and they get COVID. It would have been so much worse if I, I mean, I just, I don't have a way in. And there's never been any proof on that, Robert. No, you know, it's, it's a complete belief statement. From the, the start that 
Uh, well, you might, you know, that they've said ever since they started uh, during the, the, the Delta experience, they began to see all these people who were vaccinated getting, getting Delta and they had to come up with some answer for it. And they said, well, while some people might get it, uh, if you do get it, it's going to be a lot less significant than if you didn't. It have was it. just a statement of belief or programming, not based on any sound scientific endeavor. That they, they lead with the line, yeah, and then they scramble to find some sort of science to support it. That's what they did with the masking requirement. Mm -hmm. They led with the line. I mean, originally they even knew. I mean, even Fauci was saying that this is ridiculous. Masks won't do any good. And then when it comes to this public campaign, they were like, oh, wow, we can really control people if we compel them to be masked. It's fear theater. Everybody's going to then get yeah. vaccinated because I want to get back to normal. Remember that? Everybody's going to get vaccinated. We're going to get back to normal. Yeah. And then, uh, then when it came to the reality, when the evidence isn't there after denying for so long that they lacked evidence, suddenly yeah. they finally admit, oh, yeah, well, yeah, there really isn't very much scientific evidence to support our position. No, there isn't any sound science to support it. Oh, well, um, nevertheless, it might help. Mm -hmm. So keep your mask on. Jonathan, what would cause a collapse of, of, of this reality? Uh, I think it's a, finally a lack of confidence, if you will. The people go, these people are you know, either outright lying to us or they're incompetent or a little of both. And then you go, no longer can I afford to, and I don't mean this just economically, but even spiritually support these people and these groups or these entities and agencies that are invested in our demise and, and, and look the other way when we are killed or when our children are killed, how can we be asked or expected to support and prop up in any way, shape or form these entities that are engaged in what I dare call at this point evil because they have the ability to know better it's not hidden. Well, right now you have a regime in place with the Biden administration that is dedicated to censorship. That is the biggest censor in American history, the most prolific censor. And they want to keep all this away from the American public. And they don't want any serious inquiries about anything. They don't want any serious inquiries. They don't want any challenges or criticisms. Well, there's a huge pent up demand out there. People are angry. There are a lot of scientists who'd like to speak. There are a lot of doctors who'd like to speak. There are a lot of uh, politicians who want to change the system. And I think what's going to happen is after 2022, there's going to be a thawing in this, in this censorship ice. After 2024, if uh, Republicans take the presidency as well, I suspect what is going to happen is you are going to see uh, everything open up and you're going to see all of this horror that has been a part of the history, political manipulation of science and control of communication is going to come out so that people realize just how bad it's been. It'll go across the board. I mean, we have seen the use of political power way beyond constitutional limits to achieve outcomes by force causing things like speech, free speech, criticism, uh, associations of people with one group or another. Um, individual, uh, individuals have been destroyed. Their characters have been assassinated by efforts conscious to eliminate them. I mean, even parents became the pariah of this administration where they tried to turn uh, the FBI against parents and prosecute parents. 
it, it is a, a revolting move to the far left in an authoritarian regime and people are rejecting it in spades. I mean, we are going to see a counter revolution. We saw a socialist resurgence. We are going to see a resurgence in liberty. And as a part of that, we're going to see all those closed doors open and we're going to see all the information that has been kept from us and all of the lies. And mm -hmm. it's going to be very, uh, very, very helpful and enhancing for us because we're going to end up realizing just how precious our freedoms are and that we can never, ever, ever allow this to happen again. We simply can't do this to this great country. No, you, you mentioned the... You mentioned the attack on parents who simply questioned certain things that their children were being taught. And here we have a couple of articles linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com today. For those of you tuning in, it's uh, June 16th, Thursday uh, in 2022. If you're catching it later, it's still going to be good. Uh, but with Jonathan E. Mord here, uh, one of the headlines reads, Bracing for the End of Roe v. Wade, the White House Ways Executive Actions. That's one I'm wondering. What executive action are they going to mandate? abortion i mean what, what executive action are we talking about here and then a secondary article related to this an abortion group has declared open season on pro-lifers and warns that next protests won't be as easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti which if this were reversed and let's just say this were a uh, pro-life statement that we're warning people who are pro-abortion that your protests will not be uh, as simple to clean up as fire and graffiti would there not be an attempt to declare these people domestic terrorists? Oh, you know, right off the bat, Robert, there would be, and the, the attorney general would be unleashing the Justice Department against them. You, no question about it. We have an unequal system in this country right now. We do not have equal justice under law. We have treatment of uh, protectionist treatment for Biden, for Hunter Biden, for his family, for all the corruption in the government, for Nancy Pelosi, for Chuck Schumer. There's one standard. And then for the rest of us, anybody who's conservative, there's another one. And that other one is bitter because they do not want us to succeed. We have the reason. We have the powerful arguments. They don't even want to hear them because it's no longer about debating. It's about achieving their ends. And they're willing to use means of censorship, means of unjust prosecution, uh, unequal protection of the law and abuse of power to achieve their ends. This is now a part of American history. They have done this for this entire administration and even the prior administration. There has been a conscious effort to go after people without evidence. They tried to drum Donald Trump out of the presidency, even though they did not have evidence sufficient to impeach him, they impeached him. Even though they didn't have evidence sufficient to remove him from office, they gave it their best. And now that they're in power, they intend on doing the job some more. That's what the January 6th committee is all about. It's a massive propaganda campaign. There's no justice in it at all. Mm -hmm. There's no fairness. There's no, it's a one biased uh, assessment and nothing to challenge it. And not only that, it's not even based on fact. And they're ignoring the critical issues. So for example, we know that on January 2nd, the uh, Department of Defense offered to the Capitol Police to provide the National Guard. It's in the Capitol Police's own uh, 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 timeline of the events. They were offered the National Guard by 
the Defense Department and Nancy Pelosi, who has jurisdiction over the Capitol Police, rejected it. Mm -hmm. And the Capitol Police then communicated that they, that it, their their offer of help had been rejected. Then when it comes to the actual you know, lead up to the whole thing, we know that the FBI's Norfolk office in Virginia communicated one day before the rioting to the Capitol Police that they, were, they had specific intelligence that led them to believe that individuals would try to break into the Capitol and would pose a threat of violence to members. The, 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 repeatedly, the Capitol Police chief asked Pelosi for authorization to have the National Guard come, saying that it was the Capitol Police were insufficient to provide defense if a riot broke out. On the day of January 6th, there were 50% of the Capitol Police were in, uh, uh, providing guard at the Capitol. And woefully inadequate. At 1.09 p.m., again, Steve Sund, the chief of police for the Capitol Police, asked Pelosi for authorization to bring in the National Guard. This is after, 1.09 p.m. is after the rioters breached the barricades and they began to assault police with, with scrap steel. And, and, and even in that circumstance, it took one hour before the sergeant-at-arms acting at Pelosi's behest to authorize contact with the National Guard. One hour after the violence had started, then when the National Guard was contacted and invited, they had previously asked and had stood down because they were rejected over and over and over again. Uh, they, they then arrived, but they arrived at 5.40 p.m., and that was after the riot had largely subsided. So there's no January 6th inquiry into the most important question, which is why the congressional leadership did not, uh, despite full knowledge of the, of the likelihood of a riot, have uh, the police protection necessary for the Capitol, give the National Guard the license to protect the entire Capitol. It looks to me like this is something that was done intentionally for the purpose of creating the optics of a riot in order to create an additional argument against Donald Trump. And it looks to me very clearly that the January 6th committee is nothing more than an attempt to prevent Donald Trump from, from running for office. It's a vendetta. Hmm. This is Nancy Pelosi's vendetta against Donald Trump. She's willing to uh, use tax dollars for a made-for-television uh, hearing that is nothing like any forensic investigatory hearing of the past that is a total propaganda show. Why is she using tax dollars for that purpose? Because they're so desperate. They want to try to do anything they can to win in 2022, and they want to try to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president again in 2024. Jonathan, as we look uh, to the midterms here, you know, Throughout the history of elections, as they get more contentious and divisive, there's always rumor that, oh, this will be the last election ever. Whoever's in power is not going to let another election occur. And yet I look at what the, the people on the left politically and the Democrats have done with the last election cycle. Clearly, a lot of criminal activity, a lot of uh, uh, cheating would be the understatement. 
And yet here we are heading to the midterms. I've raised this with you before. If they're willing to do all the things that you've just described, even in making sure an event occurs so they can use it for their benefit that could result or had resulted in injury and even death, what would they not be willing to do in terms of preventing a genuine, actual, legitimate election occurring in uh, this midterm coming up? Good question, Robert. And here's the point. We have got to be on to this as citizens. We have to be aware of it. And we have to be calling it out. And we have to be fighting against it. You know, they don't have one shred of evidence whatsoever that Donald Trump asked any person to commit a crime on Capitol Hill. He never asked anyone, he never directed somebody, he never ordered somebody to go to the Capitol and breach the Capitol grounds and go into the Capitol and threaten lawmakers. He never, there's no evidence of that whatsoever. He invited people to Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. He spoke to people in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. He even used the language that they should peacefully protest. He is not a person who is appropriately the subject of this hearing at all. The appropriate subject of this hearing is why didn't you have adequate defense around the Capitol? If they had the National Guard there when the National Guard offered to go on January 2nd, this thing would have been a non-event. There wouldn't have been any breach into the Capitol. There wouldn't have been any problem whatsoever. It's only because they had inadequate resources present and they knew they were inadequate. And Nancy Pelosi is the one who's constantly paranoid. She's constantly asking for more police protection. She's constantly asking for more fencing, for more military presence and for uh, distrusting every group and for looking at anything that may potentially be a riot. That's been her history. Why is she so uh, different in this context? Well, I think it's very clear. She was seething with fury and anger over Donald Trump, even to the point that after they won the election, she wanted to make sure that he was politically eliminated as a potential for the future. And so in my mind, I think this creates a perfect mix for people to do what they did, which was despite repeated requests from Steve Sund, the Capitol Police chief for National Guard assistance over and over again, he asked for it. Despite the fact that the, the Capitol Police report on January the 3rd indicated also that the Capitol Police perceived based on intelligence they had and received that there would be violence at the Capitol and they needed to take extra steps. Instead, what we end up with is a 50% population of the Capitol Police at the Capitol, woefully inadequate to stop the riot. And even after having been denied over and over and over again, Sund nevertheless raises the flag one more time after the violence is actually happening, after the, 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 the uh, barricades are breached. He says, can't we have the National Guard? And then the Sergeant at Arms, Paul Irving of the House, takes one hour after that urgent request, one hour. And then he responds that the congressional leadership has approved your request. Yeah. And then they go to the National Guard yeah. and it's already too late. And they know the National Guard can't, the National Guard's gonna work up to this. Yeah. You but know, you have all these troops descend on the Capitol. You got to get 
You have to have orders issued. You have to have people armed. You have to have people with provisions. You have to de uh, deploy them. You have to have the com commanders in place. I mean, all that has to be put together for an operation like this. So when they when they gave the authorization on January 6th, the very day, at, at, at 2.09 roughly p.m., it is already too late. They know that the National Guard will come after. Yeah, so the timeline, Jonathan, the timeline you just laid out, it's not, it's not a mystery. It's out there for everybody right. to see, is it not? Yeah, it's, it's, this, is, this is hiding in plain sight. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is why the January 6th committee is such a farce, because this is the real story, and it's hiding mm -hmm. in plain sight. John Solomon has a detailed uh, uh, presentation of this evidence on just what is just the news. What's, his, what's the name of his uh, uh, news site? Anyway, I can't remember. But John Solomon has the goods on this in detail, and it's largely uh, available. I mean, yeah. the Capitol Police timeline of events is, is available. You can but, get that. But if you want more Biden administration, ignore all of that and 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 look 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 though here. Here's an article as we're you know we got a few more minutes with you here, Jonathan. Um, Biden climate advisor Gina McCarthy calls on big tech to censor opposers of biden's climate agenda they're not even hiding their attempts at censorship it used to be during the covid thing it was subtle it was we're not asking directly we're suggest but it's not us now they're just coming right out and going yeah we are for censorship we want to censor discussion and dissent and debate on climate shifts and biden's climate agenda which is a globalist communist uh, agenda to weaken and destroy the economy of the free economies that exist in the world. And, and I've argued, and you acknowledge this, that our free markets have long since passed with the advent of the oligarchy, right? All three branches of government bound into one to make not law, but rules that make it impossible to act in freedom in an economy that would allow for innovation, including in energy production, utilization, and reduction of pollution, not controlled by the EPA, which is controlled by, guess what? The polluters, like the FDA being controlled by the drug industry. So you don't have innovation. You have restriction, and they want to restrict speech even more. Well, why on earth are we not hearing an enormous outcry from every professional journalist, quote unquote, in the mainstream media that Gina McCarthy is trying to censor the press. Mm -hmm. Where is the raising of the First Amendment flag? Where is the outrage on the part of the media? Not existent, non-existent. The legacy media corporate press are in on censorship now. Right. They're part of it and, and they applaud it. And, and many on the political left who, if, you know, we disagree with them on a lot of things, but in their history where they have been promoting freedom of speech, even if we disagree with the speech, we defend that because that's a fundamental freedom that you lose that. Then, you, then we have to go to that second amendment that they're trying to destroy as well. Yeah, uh, it's, it's shocking, but of course it's old news that the media has been co-opted by the Democrat party is essentially a mouthpiece for the administration. Now, on the upside, though, Robert, even this media, because largely AOC and others are, are in the far left are coming to this conclusion, they're beginning to dump on Biden. And the reason is that it's impossible to defend the man, right? It's impossible because they've lost their audiences. They've lost uh, any credibility that they had. 
now they're trying to the CNN, for example, is trying to crawl back and is trying to get into the good graces of the American people. They've got to shift their uh, their heavily biased far left perspective or else they're never going to capture an audience. So who can be the fall guy? And here it is because Joe Biden's such a bumbling idiot and because he's such an easy target. Now they're they're saying they're twist. They're starting to turn. They're saying, well, it's not necessarily our agenda, but it's him, you know. So they're engaged in in a cannibalistic kind of um, uh, personality cult politics, identity politics, where now they're focusing their their angst over the failure of socialism, not on the failure of socialism because socialism always fails, but on Joe Biden. Joe Biden's the wrong messenger for socialism. Joe Biden is the wrong advocate of socialism. Joe Biden is the wrong man to bring about socialism. That's the approach. So they're dumping on Biden in the hopes that they can salvage the socialist ship by getting a new captain to uh, come to the helm. And the problem they have is that America's already onto this. America knows socialism is the problem. And they know that Joe Biden's an idiot but they also know that nothing can replace him if the agenda is gonna be socialism for America to succeed. America has to succeed by rejecting socialism. And I think that's, I think most Americans have come to that conclusion. It's, it, they lost the, the intellectual battle. They didn't engage this attack on Biden early enough. They could have done more of that and they could have proceeded to a socialist agenda incrementally like Obama did. But instead, they went for the whole enchilada. They tried to force feed the entire American population with one massive socialist bolus, and we regurgitated it. We didn't swallow it. And thank goodness we regurgitated it. But Americans are not stupid. They realize it's the agenda that is the problem. Joe Biden's just a mouthpiece for those pushing the agenda. Most people think that, I think. Right. Well, if we're to uh, counter this, it has to go beyond just the vote. You know, as I talk about the controversy about how many times have we put good people in only for them to find out they can't do much or they got corrupted themselves, that the entirety of the problem or the deepest level of the problem is that the American people gave up on limiting government, restricting government. The Constitution, as a piece of paper with words on it, has powerful and profound meaning, but it can't defend itself. And if we roll over and acquiesce to the growth of the bureaucratic state, which we have over 100 years now, I remind people about Jonathan's amazing book, The Authoritarians, here. And this is one a history book you should all be reading about, their assault on individual liberty, these authoritarians, the Constitution and free enterprise from the 19th century to the present. You don't realize how we got here. It was a slow and incremental step-by-step -step point. We get to the point where we have a Biden and a socialist agenda that's come out from the you know, hiding that it didn't happen. It couldn't happen overnight. But even so, as it's been incremental over a century into this moment, the, the last vestiges of where they were wanting to go, that big gulp, so to speak, has woken up a lot of people. But I want to say it's more than voting because if you comply, if you acquiesce, if you don't push back on government and even those that you elect into office, so they say, well, we can't do anything because the FDA is doing that. It'll take an act. On and on it goes. We still comply too much. We can't be nice. We can't nice our way back to freedom. We can't comply our way back to freedom. We've got to recognize that it's far past the time that even just the vote 
is enough. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying, Jonathan? I'm not saying don't vote for people. I'm saying that if you vote and think it's all over, now you can go back to resting. Uh-uh, that ain't right either. No, it's eternal vigilance. It's always been eternal vigilance, and it is now. What we've never seen in this country, though, is, is an entire party here, the Democrat Party, that is a mainstream party, uh, endorsed socialism. And that's what happened. So that it's very simple. I mean, if you believe in freedom and progress, you believe in individual liberty, you have no choice but to vote against Democrats because they have sold their souls to the socialist agenda. And and it's not a, it's not a complex equation of who to vote for. But as you're pointing out, Robert, the real complexity comes in everything you do. You interact with a school board. You interact with uh, uh, teachers trying to teach critical race theory to your kids. You look at the school curriculum and you find that it's socialist nonsense or that it's this gender orientation nonsense that you don't think is right for your kids. You got to stand up for yourself and your kids. You cannot roll over. You must stand up for freedom. You have to stand up for this country. You have to defend the Constitution. You have to defend the principles of the Constitution against attack from whatever source it is coming from. And you have to be vocal. The silent majority can be silent no more. Can you, can you argue that Americans have become too passive in the loss of liberty where they just go, well, I, I just I don't want to make waves. You know, I want to be nice to these people. It's like the people that would enslave you and would take away your rights are not nice. They can pretend to be, but they're not. This is a vicious war on freedom, and it it, it ends in a, a loss of liberty to your, if if not for us, then to our children and their children. And at what point do you realize you you don't want to say I'm a nice guy? You're a nice guy, Jonathan, but at a certain point, you can't be nice about the loss of freedom. No, and I think we're past that point. I think the typical American is ready to do what is necessary to defend their nation against socialism and to advance the cause of liberty. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe that the typical American is invested 100% in that. People are absolutely livid. They love their country. They don't want it destroyed, and they see that it's being destroyed. Well, may that be the, the rallying cry for those that have uh, kind of stood in the shadows and thought, well, if I just vote and that's all I have to do realize it's a lot more than that folks and uh jonathan i appreciate you so much and i look forward to, as well there's a bunch of events between now and october the, the 15th or the middle of october when we're together again for sure at the trinity health freedom expo i hope that everybody's planning to be there with us somehow get there and uh, we will enjoy the blessings of liberty or we will help to reestablish them as we come together we must not cower in fear alone in the shadows come out speak your truth speak up because now is the time not to go down silently. And I know, Jonathan, you're speaking up everywhere. I see you in so many media outlets, which I'm thrilled about because that voice that you're bringing and all of the history you bring with you is impacting people every time we hear it. Thanks, Robert. You're the best. All right, Jonathan. Jonathan Emord, Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. And we have Ann Daschle set up. We're going to talk about uh, a topic we used to talk about a lot more. It's, we've got to talk about, again, autism. But in the meantime, as we, we look at the overt assault on our children by mRNA jabs, we got to realize that there have been decades of assault on our children via the pre-mRNA jabs called vaccines. And that's not the only thing that's causing it, but it's a big part of it. We're not afraid to discuss it. Now that we've been banned on Facebook for 24 hours for hate speech, what was hateful about anything that we've done? I don't think anything. 
But for now, tell your friends that usually watch the show on Facebook to come on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen. Join us in the chat room, and we'll be back with Ann Daschle and a whole lot more upcoming events, too, after the break, because the power to heal, even politically, is yours. Robert Scott, the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. There I am. I don't know. It took a while. Was there a broadcast hiccup there, Super Don? Are we on? <laughs> Is this thing on? I am in my... the middle of working with Ann Dashiell to get her on the air, and I'm that's sorry it. I was distracted. <laughs> that explains it. Yeah, you got to remember about the show that's going on while you're trying to arrange for the guest that's scheduled to be on with us. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's it's hey, look, it happens. It's live. It's 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 all right. the latest greatest. T- t- talk. I got important stuff to do here. You're bothering me. Come on. All right, all right. Hey, put up the. Uh, upcoming events page. I don't know. I'm going to, I'll talk about that. Uh, shout out, uh, to our friend, Julie Whitman Klein. Yesterday was her birthday. I apologize for missing that, but a day late, I still celebrate Julie Whitman Klein in Trinity school and all the wonderful things they do. Trinity health freedom expo. So happy belated birthday, Julie Whitman Klein. We appreciate you and love you very, very much. we got a lot of, uh, upcoming events happening and uh, I'm, I'm excited about I would say every one of them, every bit of it, uh, the upcoming events that are happening. Is there so, one that you're more excited about? Than, well, than I, yeah, I think the Red Pill Expo. Who do you now, want to offend right now? I'm really geeked up about the the, the Red Pill Expo. I, I was just talking uh, with uh, the folks there. It's going to be amazing. Indianapolis, Indiana, July 9th and 10th. Um, and I know we'll have links for tickets eventually. If you haven't figured out how to do that, I know that in the midst of everything that we're trying to do, get people plugged into that event. But I will be speaking there. I will have a booth there. I'll be broadcasting there. I will be let uh, oh, emceeing that event. And I did that once before, and it's going to be a great, great event. So I hope that you'll find a way to join us at the Red Pill Expo uh, July 9th and 10th in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, now, there are a lot of other events uh, that I'm all excited about, but that one's, I think, coming up next as far as an in-person event. That is the one that's coming up next. So as soon as I get the, the ticket link, we'll have that up for you, or we'll send out an email blast as well. Remember right. August, go ahead, Superdon. I think we have Ann now when you're ready. Okay. Uh, by the way, the, uh, the journey of healthcare interactive summit of leading health experts that's coming up August the 6th. That's a Saturday, uh, in, uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, our good friend, Dr. Tracy Straup, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. Len and Jamie Dorley will be there. And you can always use the code RSB 15, uh, to get discounts on everything Nutritional Frontiers has, makes, and sells, including their wonderful certified organic U.S.-grown hemp CBD products. And even when they're on sale, you can use that RSB-15 on top of it. That's wonderful, wonderful. So look forward to being out there in Pittsburgh. Uh, Autism One's coming up in the desert. I wonder if Ann, I'll have to ask Ann if she's going to be back at Autism One this year. Uh, we're going to be in August 18th, 19th, and 20th in Mesa, Arizona. That's Phoenix, basically. Back to basics, the foundation of autism recovery, three pillars of autism recovery in Mesa, Arizona, August 22nd, uh, 2022, I'm sorry, August uh, 18th, 19th, and 20th. Then we've been been talking about the United States Health Freedom Congress back in St. Paul, Minnesota, September 23rd and 24th, Wellness Parenting Revolution, Health and Freedom Summit and Expo, and that is going to be happening at the Hyatt Regency, Orlando, October 7th through 9th. Then the Health Freedom Expo happens again 
October 15th and 16th. And I've got another event outside of Pittsburgh the next weekend, I think the 22nd of October. We'll get that up as soon as we have the details on it as well. So thank you all for your consideration to join us live or uh, virtually at any or all of these events. Just keep plugged in. Sign up for email alerts at robertscatbell.com or text RSB to 22828. RSB, text it to 22828 to get plugged in to all of the wonderful things Super Don is sending out, the email blast and special offers and deals and news you, you need to plug into to stay up on top of things and be empowered by it so that you're not running in fear of all the pronouncements by the legacy mainstream liars in the media. So thank you for being here. For those of you that are normally watching on Facebook, welcome to robertscottbell.com slash listen. For those of you who are always here, send a message to somebody who's not here. Tell them that we've been banned on Facebook for 24 hours for phony hate speech that we didn't engage in. So there you go. With that, let's visit a topic we haven't visited in a while. Ah, we still occasionally do. But since the era of COVID crazy, the A word, autism, hasn't been mentioned as much in the media. It's all focused now on new mRNA injection technologies that are wrongly called vaccines. And we know vaccines are... If not the, the direct cause, certainly there are a, a syringe that breaks the camel's back in terms of the child that would not have developed these neurological abnormalities that they call autism spectrum disorders. Uh, our next guest, uh, Ann Daschle, she has written books about it. We have it linked up in the show notes as well. Uh, she's with The Age of Autism. And the book that we've referenced before is called The Big Autism Cover-Up, How and Why the Media is Lying to the American Public. Yeah, it's been out for a few years, but there's probably more to talk about and we haven't had her on in a while. Let's welcome Ann Nashville back to the Robert Scott Show. Ann, how are you, my friend? Doing well here. Good to, good to see you. Still up in Wisconsin? Oh, yes. <laughs> Have you been in a, in a place where it's been crazy, where everybody's afraid to not go out and breathe in the air, like to, and they wear masks everywhere, and what's going on there? Um, I have to say I'm very fortunate. I teach middle school art, and um, our school basically this whole past year has said, if you want to wear a mask, fine. If you don't, fine. And I teach in a wow. Catholic school. Um, public schools also dropped their mandates. Um, we, I think we had a lot more freedom than a lot of places did. I'm, I'm glad, glad yeah. to hear that. Yeah. And you know that within the last couple of years with COVID crazy, the, the discussion on controversy of vaccines and as it relates to autism, it kind of fell off the map and it's all about uh, COVID and shots and jabs and jabs that aren't vaccines in terms of MRNA injections. I don't know if there's any updates in America on autism, but certainly around the world where they're still getting hammered with vaccines, there might've been upticks in autism despite no media coverage. Oh, absolutely. Um, there, it came out a few months ago, there was um, a finding in Tom's river New Jersey, where um, one in every 14 kids has an autism diagnosis. And of course, it's much higher for boys because their rate is always higher. And these things come out and they don't even make the front page. They don't, no one even pays attention to it now because there's always the caveat added that this may just be more better rhetoric recognition which yeah more better diagnosis of course we've talked about it uh and and you know me super don we're in gen x we've been around for a while not as long as some but this was not something we heard about or saw i i, I remember this in my childhood in florida when i was a uh, uh, really young that there was one child in the neighborhood 
that was, uh, well, they used the term back then mentally retarded. Now it's politically incorrect to say so. But basically, that was what I remember of uh, an anomaly in terms of a child that couldn't interact with the rest of the children normally. And, and it was really obvious. And I'm thinking, as we've visited, and I've been to a number of Autism One conferences and others and seen children on the spectrum from mild to severe, these are things I would have seen in my childhood if they were prevalent. They're, they're not easy to miss. In other words, if you miss them, you're not paying attention at all. You're hidden away. So for me, the argument that we're better diagnosing it is an abject lie and deception. And it's it never stops. There isn't a time when they haven't updated the autism rate where that was always added. That this this in fact they have a very sneaky way of doing it because health officials will announce an update in the autism rate and then they'll and then they'll say we do not know if this represents a true increase in autism and what they're really saying is a true increase from the last update but the press takes it and goes with the idea there's never been a real increase in autism it has always been like this and it never stops it doesn't matter how autism will never be a crisis in fact part of my research for my book I looked at every single announcement, which um, public health official announced the autism rate, the word crisis was never used. The public health officials have never used the word crisis with autism from the CDC. They've called it um, a serious public health um, issue, something like that. Sounds more like clean drinking water or something, but nothing, nothing to, um, to make it sound like, well, we should do something because the only thing they ever care um, call for is services, services, mm. more services. Now, Anne, I acknowledge that there could be uh, many causes, multifactorial causes right. to autism, yet nothing is more direct in implicating in terms of a time frame scenario, causal, temporal causality, so to speak, than these childhood shots to elicit that suddenly normal, pretty good to, oh my gosh, what happened to this child? And, and yet we now are looking at um, physicians that in, in the midst of COVID now for the couple of years, two plus years of this are in larger numbers, not massive, but larger numbers because of the COVID jab adverse events that have become in everybody's face are actually now willing to look back at all of the things we've been pointing out about the vaccine schedule, about individual or multiple vaccines, no, never tested with one another. Um, the double-blind placebo-controlled testing for safety and efficacy never occurred, yet they dismissed that as like, who cares? Now they're actually going back and going, oh, maybe that mattered. Maybe that mattered. Even as autism is not on the discussion board with COVID and the thing is now we're seeing physicians awaken to the reality that the science of vaccination and vaccinology is not as sound as they once were convinced it was through programming. Absolutely. The best indicators to me is that um, health officials have covered this up. Two things. One is that they have refused to ever do a vaxxed, unvaxxed study, which people have called for for 20 years as the autism rate increased. Okay, let's look at kids who've never been vaccinated and kids who received the full schedule and we'll compare the autism rate. They've refused to do that. 
And the other thing they've refused to do is to look at kids who've regressed, to look at the kids who were healthy, normally developing, and for some unknown reason, lost speech, they were no longer potty trained, they regressed into abnormal behaviors. And what, what's the connection there? What, what happened to those kids? And both of those studies have never been done. Doctors um, obviously must have seen things happen to patients. And yet they, the science that the government puts out, federal health officials, is always that that's a coincidence. It might have happened right after a child was vaccinated, but that's a coincidence. Our studies show that it's a coincidence. Mm -hmm. So what else is to be considered here as, you know, autism has been pushed away from discussion points. You've not stopped discussing it and bringing it up. Is it the hope that the physicians now, because of COVID and COVID jabs, are realizing that there is a problem and they might be, uh, let's say, less intent on getting every kid on the schedule to get every shot? I mean, is that going to be the main improvement we see moving forward? Or uh, what can we anticipate that's different than all of the time we've spent before on this subject? Well, um, I don't know if I've heard a lot of people say that um, just what you're saying, that this is going to make people much and doctors too much more leery of vaccines because they rush these vaccines to market People, obviously, there have been multiple, multiple stories. I don't know what the VAERS um, statistics show for reports of injury, but I think people take that idea much more seriously now because there's a lot of resistance to people refusing, you know, people refusing to get the COVID jab. And before that, there was just this blind faith, you know, oh, vaccination, that's good. It'll save mm-hmm. a disease and doesn't do anything bad to you. But I think we've kind of gone over that now. We, That's one thing, the big, massive push to vaccinate everybody, I think, has opened people's eyes. You're right. Yeah. So there is there is change. Uh, it's slow in coming. A lot of children have been sacrificed. Uh, the parents have been slow to wake up. But when the injury occurs, the viciousness of that experience makes it that they cannot close their eyes to this. And as I mentioned, even last hour, with Jonathan Emord, uh, parents have a, a, a real role to play here and not trusting blindly the doctor, right? The authoritarian structure that, that intimidated many moms who had a nudge and intuition to not get the jab and they went ahead and did it. And now racked with guilt or now trying to do penance by making sure this doesn't happen to other children. At a certain point, we've got to stop blindly trusting people with PhDs and MDs by their name simply because we've done it for, for decades. At this point, it's it's past time to stop that. And the doctors have to be called out on their behaviors that have contributed to it. But the parents must now step up and realize we have falsely, we have placed our faith in false authority as well. That's a big part of our growing up or maturing as a people. Absolutely. I mean, it is, I think a lot of mothers, you know, you're up against a doctor telling you that he has all the science on his side, that you'd be a bad mom if you didn't vaccinate, you're endangering your child's life. So that there, there, there was so much pressure on parents, you know, to vaccinate. And um, I'm just personally, my two of my daughters each had babies within the last year and 
they we found a wonderful um, natural. I mean, she's an MD, but she's and she would vaccinate, but she's fine with my children not vaccinating their daughters. I have two granddaughters, and I can't wait to see those girls growing up and see what the effect is. And I think that, um, again, it's the idea that there's so much pressure to vaccinate in almost a world where um, you don't even know what a normally developing kid should be like because mm. uh, we this immense pressure to vaccinate. You, you bring up something interesting in finding, for instance, physicians, pediatricians that are like, I'm okay with you not getting the jabs for your kids. And for many years, that was like, oh, my gosh, we found a doctor who doesn't wasn't force it. At the same time now, I'm asking that we go a little further and we push a little harder, that it's not enough that the doctor is OK with you not vaccinating. The fact that they know because, you know, and I know we know how dangerous it is that they're still willing to inject kids with this in my mind disqualifies them as a physician. And I know this is harsh, but I must say it at this point because there's no excuse for not knowing these dangers. In fact, VAERS reporting data before the COVID jabs came out recently where they analyzed it and found out, I don't know what the percentage was, but it was a majority of children who got multiple shots in one day died within one day, within the same day of getting that shot. This is death now. And, and, and to risk that as a physician is inexcusable. So for me, I'm taking it to that next step and I've tried to be a nice guy and I do, but I, I can't find a way to stomach the behavior of physicians that should know better. And because they should know better, they should obviously do better. Not just about, I'm not going to pressure you into getting the jabs, but I will not do this because of the lack of safety data, much less efficacy data and the real risk of injury and death. Oh, absolutely. I think of that myself. I think I can't believe that if you're a pediatrician and you you get you're seeing all of these children and you've been doing this for years and years, hundreds of patients, you must have seen injury. You must have seen injury. This you were talking about these. Um, I think that was the SIDS death thing. That yeah. uh, how how closely time wise SIDS death is connected to a well baby check. Right. And it's. It's astonishing, and but I, the only thing I can think is, doctors, just psychologically can't imagine that their actions have resulted in injury or death. Well, I know it's a harsh thing that they're going to have to wake up to, but they're going to have to deal with it this in less lifetime or the next. And I'm encouraging them to learn about it before that, before it's too late. And I would say this for parents: stop being nice with people that are willing to risk your child's very life based on a schedule that has not been scientifically established in any way, shape, or form, based on valid peer-reviewed studies, much less double-blind placebo-controlled tests, which is their gold standard to determine safety and efficacy. So, uh, Anne, uh, are you going to be at Autism One this year? Are you able to travel to um, it? Not, not, I can't make it this year. Okay. No, I wouldn't, I've seen you there before, but um, um, I can't. I There's so much going on, and um, but it's a wonderful experience for for parents to get together. It's very much the thing I got from the times I've gone is just this feeling of community that mm -hmm. you need to know that if you're raising a child with autism and have all those struggles that you are not alone and that there are things you can do. There's help out there connect with people. And I think it's a wonderful experience. So. 
Well, it's a, the forum where, you know, we're going to do a special acknowledgement and, and, and gratitude to Ed Oranga, who passed away uh, more recently and Terry's uh, bravely carrying it forward and others to help out to make this happen. But uh, the forum for families to come together, even with their children who are on the spectrum, mild to severe, uh, to share the stories and share what they've learned. And also physicians, doctors of all kinds to, that have come together that have found ways to help these children. And maybe they are also parents of children like you know professor dr brian hooker for instance yeah. uh and we get to come together and learn from each other teach each other and have compassion and love and i think it's an important thing if you can make it uh to this one in august in uh, mesa arizona please please do uh just the message out to everybody i will be lecturing specifically on the copper or cooper enzyme pathways as it relates to not only the children of, uh, who are in that on the spectrum but the parents and everybody how important this is and I'll be there broadcasting, interviewing and such and, and doing that. Is there any updates on what's going on with the age of autism? Uh, we have that linked up too. Okay. Um, age of autism, I would say, is probably your best source mm -hmm. for what's current in the news about autism. I put up, I try to get it out every week, an update on, I have another website, um, lossofbraintrust.com. And I have that on age of autism every week. I give an update on what I've added to that. And, um, but, aut you know, age of autism has long been the publication to, to tell us what's happening in the world of autism. And it, it is really the best source out there. And it's updated by Kim Rossi every day. And it's really the need, the news you need if you are a parent. Also, you said lossofbraintrust.com as a, right. a sister site. What happens on that site? Um, this was a, um, a website that a friend of mine helped me develop. And it's because I, well, I've been writing for Age of Autism for since 2007. Mm -hmm. And I'm the media editor, which means I just simply go to Google News every day. I've done it for so many years. And I look at what the coverage is. And then I would be writing up stories. And years ago, I used to actually write to reporters and I'd write to editors and I would tell them what their, what was going, why their stories were incorrect, what they failed to do. If they were just giving people the government line on autism and I would send them information. Um, over the years, I kind of gave up on contacting members of the media because they absolutely, they're like talk to a wall. And mm -hmm. that's why I wrote the book, The Big Autism Cover-Up, because I know exactly how the media works and how they deal with autism. But what got to me was that I was seeing all of these stories about autism in the news. And it wasn't just autism. It was, I'm seeing over and over stories about kids with learning problems, kids with all these other conditions, neurological conditions kids are labeled with today. And starting in January 2017, I started putting stories together and on that website that would that they're simply the news. If you go to that website, you don't get anything from me. It's simply the stories that are out there right now. And it basically I as a teacher, I know what I'm seeing in the classroom and I went, to, I did, my goal here was to give the current stories that are out 
if you scroll down on that, you it just keep going. Yep. These are the current stories that are out from all over the world, basically English-speaking countries, to really show the decline of children. In Britain, in Ireland, they every single day, there's a new special school announced. There's a new autism school announced. Um, in the United States, autism therapy centers opening everywhere. And we can't say that, oh, suddenly people woke up. We didn't see any of this stuff before, but now we are. And um, But this is just showing... The destruction of kids with autism and every other neurological brain injury problem, mm -hmm. this is not leveling off everywhere. Things are increasing. Um, I just, um, I had on Age of Autism, an article I did, I there was an interview with Dr. Z Walter Zaharadny, and he is from Rutgers in New Jersey. He is the go-to guy on autism numbers in the United States. And because he's in charge of the New Jersey numbers and they're considered to be the most accurate. And he had a really wonderful interview with Wayne Rohde and I wrote it all up. I transcribed the whole thing. It was over an hour. And he talked about these numbers are real. These increases are real. Something is doing this to our kids. It is not slowing down. It's going to continue. And to me, hearing it, here is a guy that's the CDC isn't going to challenge him. He works for them. He's saying autism is an epidemic. Autism numbers, you know, he goes, it's, it is not. He basically the other day, or when I looked at it, the part that stood out to me was where he said, we need to prepare for a world with 5% of the adult population disabled with autism. He said, first of all, the rate of one in, one in 44, which is the current rate, is incorrect. It's, he believes it's much higher. It's probably 7% or 8% right mm. now. So, well, and you you know you're you've been on top of this for a long time writing as we said with age of autism and i appreciate so much your efforts and your steadfastness on this topic as the world has tried to ignore it with other crises th that crisis that preceded it is not going away as you pointed out mm -hmm. dealing with uh, five seven or more percent of the young people growing into adulthood and not able to function on their own how does a society continue? You, you, to, the, the amount of resources that have to be devoted to that would bankrupt even the wealthiest of nations. Um, Dr. Toby Rogers, I got to know him a few years ago, and I and he's a political economist. He started getting looking. This was when he was working on his PhD, and he started looking at autism and the cost of autism to society, and basically he said. We can't handle it. No society can exist with this huge dependent population that is going to have a normal lifespan that we're going to have to be paying for for the rest of their long lives. And they've never paid into social services, but they'll be living off of it for the rest of their lives. Yeah, economically, it's unsustainable. Yeah, that's and, it. That's it. and so who's preparing for that? I, I think people are sticking their heads in the pharmaceutical sand, pretending that it's not happening. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then on top of that, with what we see with the recent approval of emergency use authorized uh, jabs of the mRNA variety to children six months and five years, I we don't know the full extent of the mayhem that that's going to cause because it's a whole different injection than traditional vaccines prior to this point. And it, we, we could see an uptick in death, of course, that we've seen in young people, all-cause mortality deaths, everything on the rise. These actuarials, uh, people that do this for a living and insurance are staggering numbers. And is that making headlines? No, because the, you know, the, the legacy media, they are all about covering up and suppressing information. You at Age of Autism are not about that. You're about writing about these very harsh realities that we're going to somehow have to manage and deal with uh, in, in a, a new and different way, perhaps. I'm not sure what that way is. Uh, do you have any uh, suggestions or, uh, let's say, folks that are really seriously planning ahead for this? Um, absolutely. I, I see nothing. I mean, I've been to Washington twice mm -hmm. um, meeting with con you know people in Congress, and basically no one wants to hear about it. No one wants to believe that I, I have no idea what people are going to say when eventually this mess is dumped on the states, because that's where it's going to end up with. The states are going to have to provide for the care of these people and who are so badly, um, you know, injured and they have need of such care. And they keep going back to a study from Harvard, and I think it was 2009, and um, Michael Gantz did it, and it, and he basically said um, lifetime care costs is around um, three million for um, someone with autism. And I contacted him at the time, and he said that that was a conservative estimate. And a friend of mine with a very severely autistic child that had to be kind of, had to be put into residential care, she told me he'll cost the state of Minnesota a million dollars before he's 21 and that doesn't include education and for most of these kids education until they age into adulthood that's the biggest cost so if you look at individual stories it's astonishing it is scary and i think too many people are just afraid to look at it because yeah yeah get exactly and, and uh, look i i have compassion for people that are afraid of what's coming because they don't want to look at it. But at the same time, by not looking at it, not going to make it better. Uh, if there's a way to navigate this future, uh, it's coming, whether we want it or not. And the question is, how can we stop it from happening? I think a big part of this is, uh, I would say to, to, to parents to be, if you're considering having a pediatrician for your child, I would say, think, hard and long three times or more before you hire them, especially if they're willing to give the shots, even if they're friendly to you, if you're not getting it, because if they're willing to give the shots, what does it say about their conscience, their uh, concern for the livelihood of kids? Cause they know better, but they're not willing to do better. I would look to the naturopaths, the homeopaths, the chiropractors, all of the holistic modalities that do not engage in harmful practices uh, first and foremost, in support of the health of children. I recognize there's a place for allopathic medicine. Never said that there isn't, but it doesn't belong in these well baby visits that end up terminating the lives of children more often than they, they, they leave well. They leave sicker from these things. And if you need your baby's head circumference measured, you can do it at home or take them to a tailor. It's just... <laughs> 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying, Ann. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, it is always amazing that we are we have such blind trust in the vaccine program. Where we line every single kid up for the same regimen of vaccines, regardless of their size, regardless of concomitant health issues, regardless of allergies they might have. We, you know, I love it when you hear a commercial, um, something about being allergic to such and such. No one knows if these kids are allergic to the ingredients in these vaccines, but can you imagine any other medicine that we would blindly give to every child? I can't. No, imagine. or adult for that matter. It's malpractice. Yeah. It's lunacy. It's idiocy. It's where I call it a medical degree because these doctors aren't using the sense God may have given them. No critical thinking skills at all. You know, we have to give you this drug to find out if you're allergic and have anaphylaxis and die from it. And then we'll exempt you from future use of that drug. Oh, and, and, you know, they're so strict. Um, one of the things I told my, I went to the well baby check, the first one with my daughter and her baby. And I, I said to that doctor, cause I knew she, I had heard from other people that she wasn't forcing vaccines saying some doctors will fire people if they don't. Right. But, um, which I think is funny. I'm not working for them, but, um, anyway, but I told her, I said, my daughter, when she was 10 years old, this is what really woke me up to vaccine injury. She got the Hep B series at age 10. At that time, she's in her 30s now. At that time, um, there were 25 micrograms of mercury in each one of those. And she went into convulsions and almost died in my arms. And she was still convulsing when the ambulance got her to the hospital. I will never forget that night. Hmm. And um, I told the doctor about that. And I said, so I, I said that happened directly after the last injection. It was like two days, a day later. And I told the doctor, I'm so scared of vaccines. I do not want to listen. Once I told the doctor that about that injury, she she was fine with not vaccinating. She knew. She knew. And you're right. It would be nice if... Um, you know, if she had enough of a conscience to know these things are dangerous, I don't know what, dan what damage I, I, be doing I, We have to hold them to a higher standard because they're not yeah. holding it for themselves. And y'all fire them before they fire you, is right. my point. And find yeah. somebody who's not willing to subject uh, children to the risk of death by injection for uh, historically inaccurate claims, much less scientifically inaccurate claims about the entire schedule, much less each individual shot. And anything else you want to share with the audience before I let you go here today? Certainly, I'm glad to see you again today. I, sorry, you're not going to be at Autism One with us, but I hope hopefully all of our friends that uh, can be there will be there so we can have a good reunion. Okay. Um, I just tell parents, I mean, this is what I've learned over the years. You have to be able to stand up for yourself and your child. Um, I can't imagine back when I first got married and had children that I would have been so intimidated by a doctor. I would never have said anything. I, you know, I vaccinated my older kids right on schedule. And I have a son who has autism. He's an adult. He's very, very high functioning. But I know so many people whose children were horribly damaged. You are going to be left with that, to that, that condition, that damage. And you have every right to prevent that you have every right and parents have to stand up for the health of their child yeah well that's a simple statement but a very accurate and a truthful one and it's one that must be acknowledged to move forward 
Uh, it's not going to be the government that saves you. It's not going to be a president that saves you. It's not going to be uh, a governor that saves you. It's going to be you that saves you and your children by what? Saying no, first and foremost, to any requirement that you be experimented upon in this manner or in a manner previous to mRNA jabs and uh, willingness to say, uh -uh, I'm not going to you and your system unless it's appropriate. And in most cases, it's not in dealing with these so-called well baby visits that have contributed greatly to what they call SIDS because they want to deny the relationship causal temporal uh, between what they do at a well baby visit and the death of those children, much less the initiation of chronic disease spirals that lead to lifelong dependence on pharmaceutical intervention for which they profit, you don't, and that are bankrupting the people of America and the people around the world that are suffering this way. Uh, so, and again, thank you for all that you're doing and continue to do. I hope to see you again at an event sometime. Maybe I'll get up to Wisconsin again before the Health Freedom Expo uh, in October. We'll see what time permits. And thank you for all you do. It's wonderful. I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you as well. Everybody check out ageofautism.com. Uh, we have that linked up as well as the uh, lossofbraintrust.com. And once again, shout out to our friends at autismone.com, that conference, autismone.org, I, I apologize. We have it linked up and we'll let you know how to participate in that as well. And thanks again for being here. Appreciate you. I know. All right. Well, this is a subject that you know we've covered for years on the show, but hasn't come up as much because of the focal point of the entire planet on COVID and COVID jabs, et cetera. But as Ann points out, this has not gone away. It's gotten worse. It's getting worse. And it's another uh, part of the compounding problem. And it's, it's not like I enjoy focusing on these issues and topics, but to acknowledge and recognize them isn't to inflame them and make them worse. It's with the intent of, can we stop this from ever happening again? If we can acknowledge truthfully and honestly, our worship of doctors has led down a very dark path for our children, maybe for ourselves. If your experience was like mine, being treated pharmaceutically in my young life and where it would have ended up had I not changed course and recognized there's no such thing as a pharmaceutical drug deficiency or a vaccine deficiency disease or syndrome. These seem to be absurd to have to say it, but there's still people waking up to this harsh reality of what's what's transpired before us. The question is, do we learn from it and change our ways? Or do we just keep going down because we want to go along and get along? And well, if that happens, it, it was meant to be right. You hear that people defeated. People say, I just want to, I want to live in peace. Well, yes, peace is, is a desirable state. Yet if the cost of peace is the life of your child, is it, is that, a peace that you're willing to to live with or fight for or create a, a new again or is it a discomfort to stand in the gap and say no more doctor no more nurse is this going to ever happen again and if you know better you shall do better and if you don't you're not going to be part of my life and maybe even more so uh, part of the general discussion of legitimacy in what we call healthcare, where we've de de we've we've degraded into disease creation, disease management, monopoly machinery, and the recognition of many doctors and physicians and nurses of the allopathic training variety, recognizing that their own profession that they were trained in, that they're licensed to do their thing in, has now have to, it just has to crumble and burn to the ground in order for a new one or a parallel one at least to begin to emerge 
that values life, that protects life, that doesn't sacrifice children for convenience or economic benefit or a belief in a, in a, in a, a pseudo-religion of modern medicine. It's a harsh wake-up call for the doctors and nurses that are waking up right now. But when you know better, you must do better. And there are those of you who are doing better right now. God bless you. Welcome. The water's warm. It doesn't contain mercury and aluminum and other nasty, nasty things that the medical profession turned its head away from acknowledging those dangers manifesting. All right. So uh, we got about 10 minutes left for today's broadcast. And I, and I know I want to talk. Uh, Murdoch is in the audience. I see. And he sent us a couple of thankful Thursday uh, or it might be Super Don that came up with the thankful Thursday stories this week. I want to find uh, reasons for gratitude. I mean, the very opportunity we have to be together two hours plus a day, six days a week. I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for Super Don. That was Murdoch. Y'all here. What's that? That was Murdoch. It was Murdoch. He sent those it stories. Was in? Murdoch. Yes. OK. Did. So you've been working that. feverishly behind the scenes, coordinating things today and, and like a little triage situations I wasn't aware of while I'm doing the yeah. show. It's all right. A little bit. That's my job. That's what I'm supposed yeah. to do. All right. Well, good. good hour with Jonathan. Great reunion with Ann. Uh, I think yeah. it was an important hour as well so far. Indeed. Did we indeed, forget to indeed. make any announcements or any updates or things? I, I think the uh, uh, we mentioned upcoming events. Yeah. Uh, special deals and offers from our supporters. Remember, Nutritional Frontiers, if you're not getting enough sleep, sleep time is an amazing formula. You just hit it the is. code RSB15 when you get it, and you'll, get, you'll save uh, 15% on that. And, and, and shout you know, out to our friends they've there. Got, they've still got the, the sale going on. Uh, oh, look at this. June. Yeah. June focus on the SPMs. We've talked about the, the um, inflammation issues, regeneration issues. This SPM formula is great for that. Yep. Um, they got their pro reds, immunomax, zinc lozenges, cherry chews, 14% off. And you can use the code RSB15 to get an additional 15% off when you go there to nutritionalfrontiers.com. Mm-hmm. So use that code wisely. Mm-hmm. Save a little money while you're getting good things for your family. <sighs> All right. What do we got? We got a couple of uh, thankful Thursday stories we can acknowledge. Are we, we do. Are we still banned on Facebook today for another, what, X number of hours? 24 hours is what it said. 24 hours. So it might be a few the, minutes into tomorrow's show before we are allowed to broadcast. Yeah, again. what I'll do is I'll just keep checking and I'll start streaming when it uh, when when okay. we get cleared. But, yeah. you know, the uh, the IGF commercials kind of, I guess, what would you say, cheeky? Yeah, I uh, think we better retire that. Yeah, I think so, too. Commercial. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was kind of wondering about that. We talked about that yesterday, I think it was, or the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great commercial to be cheeky in that way, but apparently... Uh, cheekiness is considered hate speech now. Apparently. Especially yeah. on Facebook. So let's start burning <laughs> books that are, we're offended by. Right? Hey, yeah, or, I, think, or, I think that this person yeah. might disagree. Yeah. First uh, thankful Thursday story from Sunny Skies. <clears throat> Family-owned nonprofit. is traveling across the country giving away free books. New Jersey family-owned nonprofit is on a mission to spread love through literacy. Literacy, huh? So how are they doing that? They 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 started a bookstore in in New Jersey, a donation based bookstore, and their shelves were filled with ten thousand donated books. And it got so big that they were trying to wait. How do we? How do we? We can't give them away fast enough. Apparently, 
So they're taking the bookstore on the road? Uh, yeah, each year the Sykes family plans to take their bookstore on the road to deliver thousands of free books and educational resources to children and family. Mm-hmm. They went on their first free book tour back in July of last year. Yeah, uh, It was one month after they opened. The couple described it as a life-changing experience as they recalled the smiles they encountered after giving away free books, games, and educational tools to families. So it's wow. kind of like a, a modern version of the bookmobile. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember, remember that the bookmobiles. We yeah. I don't think they have But this one's anymore. not they coming do. from government. This is coming from a, a family Correct. that wants to give back. And apparently they are, their minivan broke down, but they're trying to raise money for a Class A RV to convert to one of those big big bookmobiles. So there you go. that's linked up. A little uh, thankful Thursday story. Uh, hey, we got a story out of Wisconsin. That's always happening because of Kevin Tuttle. And now Ann Lazare Dashel from uh, Wisconsin. A Wisconsin woman rides in a fire truck for her 100th birthday. She was queen for the day. Fidelia, hundred year. I guess you don't see many people named Fidelia that's, today. Yeah, that's, that's an old school name there. <laughs> right, Dale. They call her Brunig. Says firefighters around her family abound, abound, and uh, long life runs in her clan too. Apparently, and so they celebrated her hundredth birthday in style, riding on a fire truck. That you ever cool. ridden in a fire truck before? Uh, I been on one i don't think i've ridden on one what about you no i haven't my uh one of one of my my boys uh, was mm-hmm. a volunteer firefighter for a while mm-hmm. I, I i didn't get offered the ride in the fire truck oh uh, no you just have to be 100 to do that she's 100 years old dude that's quite a uh quite a feat she told fox news digital that her father was just three months away from his 100th birthday when he died mm-hmm. and his dad who fought the civil war Wow. Died at the age of 84, which was pretty wow. old for that time. Yeah, no, that's stunning. Yeah. Well, like I said, fun things oh, at any dude, age. You know what? Not only is she reaching 100, but get this. Uh, she's survived breast cancer, a heart attack, and the loss of her late husband. So she's been through some stuff, too. Wow. She's a, she's a tough old bird. Yeah. <laughs> what they say. Looks, looks impressive. Good for her. Yeah. Well, thanks, Murdoch, for a couple of happy, thankful yeah. Thursday stories to share. I uh, always enjoy that when we can fit it in. And uh, today I want to make sure we could fit it in. We need we need more gratitude in the midst of a lot of things that, that are going on out there. All right. So real quick, we've got yeah. like four minutes left here. Mm-hmm. No, no, quite often we don't get this inside the broadcast hour. Yeah. Um, but let's do this now. Today's poll. I always that forget that. Yeah, you have on to the break newsletter. In. Yeah. The newsletter that goes out every, every day. And I'm toying with the idea of doing, like, uh, the most read stories of the week on the weekend. Oh, but, okay. But uh, today's poll, if you are subscribed. If you're not subscribed, why are you not subscribed? Mm-hmm. If you're not subscribed, turn off the show. I don't want you here. <laughs> go away. Go no, away. subscribe. No, just kidding. So please subscribe. You can do it uh, a couple of different ways. You can go to the website, robertscottbell.com, over on the right-hand side. And in the sidebar, there's a spot there you can subscribe. Or, <clears throat> if you're sitting there and you don't want to bother going to the website... But you got a smartphone in your hand. You can text the letters RSB to 22828. And that will get you subscribed to the newsletter as well. So today's poll. The reason why this is a poll is because there is an article today that is in the newsletter about a exercise pill. And this is something that they have been chasing for years. Ever since I've been paying attention to health news, 
Science wants to come up with a pill that you can take so you don't have to exercise, that it's somehow it's going to magically make your body think it's exercising. You're going to get the benefits of exercise while you sit on the couch watching um, American Idol and eating Doritos. Okay. I, guess, I don't know. But <clears throat> today, uh, in, the, in the news, they've come out with another one that they are working on. So I thought, hey, interesting question. If there was a pill that gave you the benefit of exercise without exercising, would you try it? Hmm. Now, I think I know what your answer would be, Robert. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, listen, this is one of those things where it's like uh, the idea mm -hmm. is tempting, right? I mean, look, I want to get in shape, man. I go to the gym. You know, mm -hmm. I can't afford to go to the gym or... Man, you know, I just don't feel like it or whatever. I could just take a pill and be like, I, I worked out. You know, that might be an interesting thing, right? So threw it out there to, to the uh, subscribers. The results, not too surprising, but interesting. 66% said, no, I will not take a pill that is uh, supposed to give me the benefit of exercising. Mm -hmm. We did, however, have 12%. Eh, that's that's, that's a, a significant amount. Uh, said, yeah, I would, I would do it. I would, I would take a pill. Yeah. Um, and then we had some people riding the fence, and some of those people riding the fence. I'm thinking, well, why would they be riding the fence? Well, maybe they're thinking, uh, you know, maybe I want to learn a little bit more about the pill, what's in it, what are the side effects and stuff. Because mm -hmm. I think to everybody, everybody, you know, listen. I mean, if it was a magic pill, like, man, you know, suddenly, you know, tomorrow I look like Ty Bollinger after I took the pill, you know. I can see the the attraction yeah. of that, but the bottom line is is mm. is I think personally there is no way they're ever going to come out with a pill that is going to literally give you the benefits of exercise. I, I can't imagine that that's even a possibility. Well, you know the thing about Cardio Miracle that's interesting to me is that that's probably as close as it gets. And this is not me saying oh, I want you to take Cardio Miracle and don't exercise. No, yeah. it's just that the benefits of exercise is you know better circulation for one well that does that and i think that uh someone who doesn't exercise who's on cardio miracle is better off by far but at the same time i wish they would exercise too now for me super d i exercise because i like feeling good and i felt really not good in my lifetime mm -hmm. to where i am motivated by my history if you if you've not felt how good it feels to feel good or you did and then you lost it's like if you perceive that the exercise will make you feel good or if it does you you'll get over the part of the oh man it's too hard it's too this it's too that but it's just like anything what you value enough you will find a way to do if you don't value it enough you'll find all number of excuses to not do it that's right. just the nature of, of of being here and i i do look forward to it because it, it makes me in this body feel great compared to what I have felt in my lifetime when I was sick and chronically ill and inflamed and on and on. And I still tried to fight through to be able to do things, but to feel good is so important to me. And of course we're not deluded to believe a pill can do it for you, but I will acknowledge that the cardio miracle is something that is pretty the profound. The cardio miracle is going to be great for you yeah. no matter what. It'll yeah. be better for you if you're active, but yeah. it's still going to be good for you. Use the code RSP. When we come back from this uh, break, it's, uh, it's you know, it's, uh, UK Health Radio has to drop, but we got a bonus round. I want to talk a little bit about the 
the wireless Wi-Fi and, and, and 5G stuff as it relates to the COVID jab and other things, because I've been talking with some of the physician friends that I have about it. So I'm going to give you something a little bit meaty and chunky in the uh, bonus round. And then who knows what else, if you guys have comments or questions. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks to Ann Dashel. Thanks to Jonathan Nemord. Thanks to all y'all. Remember the AMA coming up. Be part of our patron support group. Uh, we've got some great giveaways. That's coming up 25th, Saturday, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. And with that, we'll pause 60 seconds back or faster on the on the uh, podcast later because the power to heal is yours. Okay, welcome back, everybody that stuck around for this. Uh, just, you know, as I'm meeting each week with uh, health professionals, medical and otherwise, uh, the stories coming out about adverse events, deaths, injuries, etc. You know, you've been witnessing bizarre occurrences in terms of clots that are not clots, like tissue growth within the, the venous system and like what is coming out of people. You, you have to ask questions because, you know, none of the answers that are given by modern medicine and their minions is making any sense at all. If they're even answering or acknowledging what's happening. And for those of you who have been stepping out of comfort zones and calling it like you believe it to be, or perceive it to be about not only MRNA technology, but also what are the other ingredients in there? When we talk about graphene oxide and other things that apparently are, uh, you know, triggered by signals in the environment you know, whether it be fifth generation wireless technology or others to form, to conform and to change within the body. Now, yes, as controversial as it is for some, uh, and, and even in a critical thinking way, I, it doesn't bother me that people go, oh, I don't know about that. It's like, okay, but entertain and engage the possibilities because the, the things that we would call rational explanations, you know, they're not even forthcoming at all. They don't want to admit what's in it. They don't even claim that they know what's in it. It's it's so bizarre what's happened here and what we're manifesting, you know, X-Files like realities in the midst of mRNA injectables, uh, experimental injections. Now, in terms of the metals, the graphene oxide situation, these things that form in the present, they change in the presence of certain signals. I don't think that's all that controversial because these things are patented. They're known about these technologies do exist that when you expose certain metals to fields, energy fields, electrical fields, magnetic fields, they change shape and form. So why is that a strange thing to consider? Well, I guess it's strange because we would never consider injecting people with things like this to have that happen here in this audience. I don't think anybody would yet. The reality is, uh, the, the, the wireless technologies have degraded our cellular capacity for regeneration in the midst of many challenges. So we end up in degeneration. We end up not able to counteract the generative inflammatory components within our body, put there artificially or even naturally to the point where we end up in dangerous forms of inflammation. We talk about pericarditis, myocarditis, et cetera, and other issues with the vascular system, with COVID, whatever you perceive or believe it to be. So as I continue to lecture on this beyond the show, how can I regenerate faster than I degenerate or help anybody to do the same? And when we look at the technology of 5G, for instance, and whatever that means in reality, 
we do know that it impacts negatively the cellular capacity for regeneration, right? Healing of tissue that's been injured, damaged, inflamed. So if we're looking to survive the onslaught of whether they be jabs or other things, should we not look to mitigate the things we have no control over? In other words, these towers around us, et cetera. And this for me is another argument as to why I come back to the uh, key technology, the waveguard or whatever you call it, whether it be the key home, the key cell, the key max, other of these things that Synergy Science has. And it's a sincere plea to you guys consider this. Because what they found in the double-blind placebo-controlled studies, that in the presence of that you know, wireless Wi-Fi, whatever, bombardment of the cells, where degeneration would accelerate and regeneration would decelerate, in other words, you couldn't regenerate fast enough, that when they put this technology in the presence of those fields, that the regenerative capacity of the cells was enhanced back to almost normal, if you will. That alone could cause survival where survival wouldn't happen in the cases of a lot of these threats and challenges. I'm not saying it's the only thing to do, but it's the invisible spectrum stuff that a lot of people will overlook and say, I don't see it, so it's not real. Yet it's measurable. It's validatable. And so that's another aspect of, you know, what can you do? What can we do, whether you've been jabbed or not, to counteract things that we have no control over, like the wireless technologies outside of your own home, for instance. So I just wanted to add that in the mix for your consideration if you haven't looked at some of these things. And uh, at any of the events I'll be at, I'll be happy to answer more questions or we can do some more webinars on it as time progresses. Uh, with all of these topics, uh, I got to chill out. Another chill pill. This is a chill spray. Uh, the Daily Chill. Super Don sent this out in the, uh, in the newsletter. Super Mush Daily Chill. And I can use all the chill I can get when I cover these topics, so these outrageous things that we have to discuss, whether it be autism or whether it be COVID jabs and authorization for kids as such. So look into the super mush. It's super good. It's a hundred percent. It's all organic, clean product, tastes good. And super Don's enjoying them as well. So welcome to the bonus round super Don. Oh, well, gee, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I had okay. to get that out. That's just, I've been thinking about it. So I had to get that out. So I'm, I'm sitting here continually being frustrated with Facebook today. Yeah. Um, I think the three stooges are are in charge over there. Why is that? I really do because I got I got <clears> a, <throat> a notification. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to get it so I can show it up on the screen here. Why will that not work? Um. Got a message from Cindy, Cindy Morden, saying it looks like looks like it's back on 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 Facebook again. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well that that would be kind of cool if that were true. Yeah. So I went and looked, and I'm stalling here just because I'm trying to <laughs> okay. get this. Sometimes it's hard to do everything I need to do here. Yeah. Uh, come on. Where did it go? There it is. All right. So check this out. So I had to do this on my phone to get the whole thing. Uh -huh. Here's a notification. The Robert Scott Show's, show's post from the Robert Scott Bale Show is now back on Facebook. We're sorry we got it wrong. Really? Um, so we're except, unbanned? No. We're not well. Okay, let me let me let me just do a quick test. I mean, I can't broadcast to it. Yeah, it's still blocking me. You know, if I go over here, because now because what it does is because I shared it, it's going to hit me personally. 
Oh. So I'm going to say test, and let's see what happens. Robert Scott Bell Show, test, comment. Yeah, it is working. How about that? Well, let me, let me try this again. I can't believe this. Test, Robert Scott Bell Show, son of a gun. I can't broadcast to the, to, but apparently it's uh, been reversed. Oh, well, good for you, Super Don. Look at you battling. I, I mean, I still, I'm still being skeptical. I'm going to try this yeah. here in a little bit, but right, because um, I just assumed that they were going to do the same thing they always do and just do the whole. We're sorry you disagree, but there's nothing right. you can do about it. Well, that's know, what the thing. initial response was. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess yeah. we'll see. Okay. I guess we'll see. I think we're probably not going to run that commercial anymore, though. Yeah, I, I think we've got another op other options as well in that. Regard. Yeah, there's there's two versions that we can use, and so we'll just Look, play if you, it safe. If, but... if you want big muscles, come on, let's do it. <laughs> That's not offensive, is it? Can you have big muscles and wear a dress? That's IGF one from Neutronics Plus. So check that out. Is there a code? Do they have to enter a code when they order to get the deal or anything? I think if you use the banner that's on the website, you don't have to, but okay. you can always put it in there. Uh, it's just Bell, B-E-L-L. Okay. <sighs> right then. Yeah. Uh-huh. What else have we got to cover today on the bonus round? Uh, Any other questions or comments coming in, or is it quiet since we got it, semi man? Very there? quiet on. Well, I mean, it was very quiet on Facebook today. Oddly yeah. enough. Oddly um, enough. Well, oddly we know enough. why. <laughs> Cam Ketchell says your Facebook page is up, but the stream isn't there. Yeah. All right. That's Christy. Now I know. I don't the, forget. The, the video that does show up on the post is only two minutes and something long because that was how far we got into the show. So that's all that they get to that's see. That's all that shows up on there. Oh, my there. gosh. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Colleen B. says, what about parents who have autistic children don't believe that it was a direct result of the vaccination? Why don't they believe it? Well, it's programming again. Is there anything else that can cause autism? Yes. Uh, there are a lot of environmental insults and assaults, and, and they add up, and any one of them could be the trigger. So it's not only vaccination. That just is the most direct and overt because it's directly bypassing a million layers of, of protection and immunity by injection. Uh, so uh, the families and people that don't believe that the, the jab had anything to do with it, I'm sorry for them, but they are still uh, worshipful of authoritarian author authority. And uh, that doesn't bode well for their future. Just going to say it, call it like it is. Uh, let's see. Kimberly, our friend Kimberly from the Nurse Freedom Network. Shout out, Kimberly. We need an entirely new nursing education system and licensure option. It's absolutely necessary. Yeah, I would eliminate licensure altogether because it's, it's highly restrictive on innovation. It's not protecting the public. If you want board certification in nursing and doctoring, nothing wrong with that, even privately, uh, preferably over governmental. But certification is different from licensure. Licensure is control, and it doesn't protect the public. It protects, it protects an economic monopoly or self-interest. Uh, so we need to get beyond licensure and realize that licenses are not protecting the public. That's a lie. Let's see. Colleen was happy that, uh, well, she doesn't like the commercial anyway. She wasn't offended. She just didn't like them. So that's, uh, you know, look, at, to each their own. Some of these are, are a little bit engaging and offensive to some. And even if you're not offended, you can say, I didn't like it. That's okay. But I think we're going to retire that one just because uh, I guess it's just inviting too much controversy for us to have our broadcast on. 
last thing we want to do is, is end up losing our Facebook page unless it's necessary. So yeah, exactly. We're gonna we're not gonna do it intentionally. No. What else we got? Uh, wrap it up here. Uh, uh, let's see here. I did have one thing that I wanted to show here. Mm -hmm. You, um, you know, you you've become quite the ham lately. How so? Uh, with with showing off your muscles. Well, I had to have a reason to do it. it honestly, that was the thing. I'm like, <laughs> this is not the purpose of me showing off. It's like, hey, here's a product that is really yeah, good yeah, and yeah. doing stuff. And, and this I is how I get to show Every time you walk you. by a mirror in the house, you go, oh, look at that. Look at that. Anyway, oh, yeah. I noticed you put this up on Facebook yesterday. Yes, that's right. God look muscles. at that. There you go. Neutronics, IGF-1+. Pretty slick. I yeah. Say. So if it gets people to want to build muscle and, and you know, lose fat, uh, that's a good thing. Well, and, you know, we covered that that um, that study yesterday, mm -hmm. talking about growth hormone. Yeah. Where, you know, Impacting the liver's regenerative capacity. Liver regeneration and yeah. stuff. So. so helpful for your liver as well. I will say that uh, we might be giving away, this is hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh, if you're not a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, the people are, I think we've been able to give away more than their giving to us to support us and i'm not saying that as a complaint i'm grateful that we can do it but folks if you've been considering supporting the robert scott bell show beyond just sharing the show which i'm grateful for please consider becoming a patron supporter i mean it's a challenge for everybody everywhere to do uh what what we're all trying to do here but if you're you know talking about the amount of money that's spent on media uh supporting those shows it's important that that are really empowering and uplifting uh, and, uh, thank you for even considering it, but we may be giving away some more cool, very cool stuff in the next day. Well, AMA. that one bottle that you've got, the IGF, uh, with the, the, was it 300,000? 300,000. Yeah. That retail, uh, with no special deal mm -hmm. yeah, is almost 300 bucks. Dude. $298, I, I think. But can't is. you get it for like half off of that? If you, if you do yeah. the auto ship, yeah, it cuts it in half. To 149. Well, and I know that bottle has lasted me a couple of months, so it's not like it's a, a yeah. one month supply, thankfully. But so, I mean, you're talking about a 300, <laughs> 300 bucks, man. That's um, yeah. Most people uh, that are supporting us uh, through Patreon are not. It's like maybe sixty bucks a year. So yeah. at the lowest level, which so. we appreciate. I yeah, mean, absolutely. You, again, you know, yeah. it, there there are some costs that are, uh, you know, involved in in doing what it is that we do here. And it's it's uh, the folks like that that are are helping us helping us stay online and doing what it is we do. And you know there are so many there are so many ways that you can you can support the show if you're interested in supporting the show. Mm -hmm. You know you can share the show. Sharing yeah. the show goes a long way. You know there there's a spot on the uh, on the website if you scroll all the way down where you can just if you want to do like just a direct donation you can do that. Boom. Mm -hmm. Um, I will send out emails from time to time. There's a couple of, of things like, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the, the ebook, the ancient Chinese secrets mm -hmm. and it was it the, the Qigong Qigong. Well, you, you pronounce it however you pronounce it, but anyway, okay. yeah, it's QI, isn't it key? Yeah. But that's also pronounced chi. Who, who pronounces a Q like a CH? I don't know. Go to China. Maybe but that, that's anyway, E or chi. Yeah. When you guys download that ebook, that that helps us. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's as simple as, as that. It doesn't even cost you a penny. Yeah. So you know, we appreciate all those things, and um, 
you know, this we we've got the 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 new super mush uh, uh, product that Robert was talking about, and 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 this guy over here, which we'll probably be talking about next week, mm -hmm. the mystery bottle. Ooh, yeah, no, that's coming back. This is an old friend. I am uh, so excited about this. Let's just tell you, I am, I am it, super excited about this for it, for for more than one reason. Because okay. we, we we used to we used to have a product like this mm -hmm. that we uh, that was a part of the show, yeah, and it hasn't been for a few years now. Um, but I loved it because I used it for all kinds of stuff, mm -hmm. and it smells great. I love the smell, right? And it's clean and safe, and it won't harm safe the safe, and it's not yeah. toxic, and then the whole deal. And so, and now I get to use this now that I'm gardening. Yeah, now I have another use for it. Mm -hmm. Which is super cool. And so in fact, yes, I can't wait to get year. mine in because I'm going to use it in the greenhouse. There's I got one mine little area. You did. you did, yeah. Yes, Anchor. Anyway, so we'll talk about that next week. Coming up, coming up. Lots of good things. Lots of good things. So, yeah. thanks y'all for being here and supporting us and sharing the show. Um, if you have questions or comments, keep submitting them. We'll try to get to them as soon as we can. Or you can call us, leave a message at eight six six nine three nine two three five five. I hope to see you at any number of the upcoming events that we have on the schedule or calendar and we'll add more as they become available. Uh, one, one last message today. I know it looks second bad. To out last there. Message today. Second to last. Okay. Second to last message. I know it looks bad out there. We talked about with Jonathan E. Moore, you know, the, the Biden regime and all that they're doing, the, the economic uh, challenges and threats and all. And these are real at the same time. When you come back to your, what I call it, your center, your, divinity your real home your real connection to the divine even in the midst of crises extraordinaire there are miracles that occur if you're open to them and so despite all of the negativity that's out there that a lot of it legitimately we have to cover to, to help plan and prepare for things that are changing out there the same time your connection to the divine is the key to navigating this it isn't anything i say or super don says it is honestly that communication that i encourage you to develop if you haven't already re-strengthen or, or rekindle or reconnect to that will guide you through places and spaces that people go that's impossible to do what you're doing well it is impossible if you believe it to be impossible but if you recognize that the the voice of god or spirit can speak to you and direct you and help you guide it guide you through things then you won't be limited by the outer circumstances, even if those outer circumstances are real, which they are. But there are ways that even in the midst of that, you can succeed and be living in abundance. And I would just say, open yourself up to the gifts that are always trying to be given unto you. How you do that, that's up to you. I can share if you have questions about it, but my point is just reminding you that even if we acknowledge things are, wow, they're rough and tumble out there, it could get worse. It doesn't mean that in the midst of that, you can't do just fine and be great in the midst of it. Just want to, that's my reminder as we wrap up our thankful Thursday, Super Don. Now it's your turn. Yep. Just want to remind people tomorrow, it's mm -hmm. Friday. And uh, we will have Dr. Andrew Wakefield on the show to talk about hey. the documentary that came out just recently called Infertility, a Diabolical Agenda. So be sure to tune in for that. Andy Wakefield coming back. I want to press this button, Super Don, see what this does. Hold on. You want to hold on, hold on. Ooh, there, look at that. Do you see that shot? 
This is a this is this works. Yes. Under the right circumstances, quite often what will happen is is because people are not centered correctly yeah. and all that kind of stuff like that. will cut half their face. I was off noticing like today with Ann and me, we were centered pretty well. You could have used this. I could have. I have yeah. a tendency not to just because this works. Yeah. I was just I just wanted to see that it works. I was like, that's kind of cool. You could do this right here. You could be just little tiny in the corner. <laughs> Look at and that. I'm the big guy. Yeah. I don't yeah, know how like to that. do that because if I do it, yeah. it's different. See, I can okay. put you down there. Yeah. See. Put me on the side. Put you over there on the side. Oh. But then cool. I can switch too. Look at this. This. How did you do that? That hey, I don't. I seriously right. don't know how you did that. Ooh. Let me do this here, and I can put you over here. How did you do that? Honestly, that's where I don't you're know. supposed to be anyway. But anyway. All right. Well, that's cool. I got to learn some more stuff about this. Yeah. Oh um, man. I can make you wear a turban. Like yeah. That. <laughs> what is christine saying mike adams can tell you for sure on that pronunciation which word pronunciate what what word key chi oh key or chi okay yeah so if mike is the guy that can pronounce it yeah because he's got he knows how to speak chinese i think mandarin or something so he might know but i would say better than me for sure i agree on that all right anything else before we wrap it up we got a great friday show andy wakefield is going to join us tomorrow i think we have someone else talking about difficult personalities is it jocelyn durand jocelyn durand so it'll be a guaranteed fascinating show i say yeah. guarantee but you know I think another show where we can't talk about a bunch of stuff that we would like to but we just don't have time yeah. we got to figure out what we're going to do with that robert and i were talking before the show about maybe some ideas on how we can we can maybe uh put out some bonus material for you guys if you guys can't if you guys just can't get enough Robert Scott Bell, mm -hmm. we might figure out a way to to uh, to uh, satisfy your appetite there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's all I got. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it. And yep. we will be back tomorrow. Less than 22 hours from now, God willing. Thank you for being here. All right. Thank you.